Welcome to the Watoto Church Podcast. Prepare your heart as we explore scripture and delve into the Word of God. Well, I want to welcome you all who are joining us for church today. You who's watching on air or online, you are a special guest. And we are coming straight into your living room, wherever you are, from Watoto Church downtown. Come on, downtown family. Let's welcome our online family. Awesome. Amazing. Now, in a few weeks, Uganda is going to be celebrating 60 years of independence. We look back and there are things we need to celebrate. God has been good. He's been amazing. But here's the question I have for you. Are we where we need to be as Uganda? Well, we're not where we need to be. Neither are we where we used to be. But there is so much more God wants to do. So much more God wants to do. And so there are some things that must change if we are going to inherit the future that God has for us. One of the culprits when it comes to holding us back from entering into our promised future is culture. Now, when I talk about culture, culture simply refers to the collective behavior of a group of people. It's the norms and the customs that become accepted as normal. When you have ungodly culture, you will never inherit a godly future. So today, we're starting a brand new series that is absolutely prophetic. What we need to get into our God-ordained future is a new culture. A new culture that is based on godly principles. So I'm going to talk specifically today that what we need is godliness and not compromise. It's what we need if we are to inherit our future. So let's pray and dive into it. Father, I thank you so much for the power of your word. Your word is not just designed for individual lives or families. Your word speaks into nations. And as we launch in this brand new series, Lord, would you speak to us, speak to Uganda, help us to pursue our God-ordained future. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Now, Proverbs chapter 14 says this, Godliness makes a nation great. But sin is a disgrace to any people. That's a powerful scripture. If we want to see greatness in Uganda, we need to pursue godly culture. Kingdom culture. 
in the NIV, it says this, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Righteousness. So when we talk about a new culture, we're talking about a, a culture that is based on kingdom principles. When the children of Israel were in Egypt, in bondage, you know the story, Exodus. They lived in Egypt for over 400 years. That's a long time. And by living in Egypt, they began to be exposed to the culture of the Egyptians. An ungodly culture. And so when it was time to deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt, and God wanted to take them to the promised land so they can inherit their preferred future, God had to deal with something. He had to deal with culture. And so on their way, before they could step into their future, God began to address some culture things that needed to change. And the way he addressed culture things is by directly downloading for the people of Israel principles that would govern their behavior. It's what we call the Ten Commandments. Those were very intentional. You shall not have many gods but one. Because the culture in Egypt had many gods. They had gods of fertility and gods of harvest and all kinds of gods. And God was saying, if you are going to inherit the future, only one God. Our motto in Uganda is for God and my country. Whoever framed it together was led by God because that's the God of the Bible. Our motto is not for many gods and our country. No. One God. God of the Bible. Then it says, children, honor your parents. Why? In Egypt, the culture was a dishonoring culture of parents. God says, no way. Thou shalt not steal. Theft was seen as normal. God says, no, if you're going to be the nation that I'm going to bless, no stealing. Thou shalt not commit adultery. It was an adulterous culture. And God is saying, hey, if you are going to get into your preferred future, you cannot get there with all this kind of immorality. There were just principles that would govern behavior. Eventually, that would be culture. You know what, my friends? Culture is powerful. Someone once said, bad culture will eat good strategy for breakfast any day. Whether it's for your family, your life, or a nation, you can have a great vision. You can have a great strategy. But if you have bad culture, you'll never get there. 
If we are going to see a blessed next 10, 20, 30 years, 50, 100, should the Lord tarry, some things must change, my friends. Some things about our culture must change. Now, every culture has things that are unique. We celebrate those. I mean, yeah, we, we are blessed here in Uganda. Various cultural things. We have culture dances. Different. You go to northern Uganda, feathers. You go to the east, they're jumping up. You go to the west, is also jumping. Then there's that one like a cow. Then the, those things are amazing. You talk about the food. You go up northern Uganda, a lot of pasted food. You go to the east, uh, atapa uh, is um, uh, a kind of um, uh, corn made together with cassava flour and um, is amazing. They enjoy it. You come here, central, western, matoke, plantain. Some people say I've not eaten until I've eaten matoke. Beautiful. Celebrate the differences. So some things are unique, we celebrate them. But some things in our culture are based on lies. We must reject them. And embrace culture that's based on truth. That's the culture that leads us to be a godly nation and we must never compromise about kingdom culture. Because that's what will launch us to our preferred future. Now, 60 years ago, almost 60 years ago, there's a small country that was in the same position like Uganda and other African countries, economy-wise. And in fact, we were in a better position than they were. That small country is called Singapore. Singapore today is a first world country. How come we were in the same place 60 years ago and now Singapore is a first world having great services that many people around the world go to. Yet Singapore is a small piece of land with the only resource they really have much there is the water around them. And you think about Uganda with all our rivers and the lakes and the minerals and, and the wild animals. I mean, not to forget the people in Uganda. How come they managed to break out of the third world into the first world? Now, I read a paper that someone wrote trying to describe what happened and pegging it to the first prime minister of Singapore and what he did. And a lot of it was addressing culture. Here's what he did. One, he made sure the leaders that he was with began to employ long-term thinking, not a culture of short-term thinking. You don't only do good when you're vying for power. The reason you do good is because you are there as a servant from God to serve people. And so if you are going to design for a road, make sure the road doesn't serve five years, but generations. Long-term thinking. The other thing that they did was to focus on the potential of the people in Singapore. 
They focused on education. And so they decided we are going to send some of our best to learn from the best universities around the world. Why? So that they will come back and build our country. They did that. They believed in the capacity of the people. One more thing that I recall in this paper that this person said that was very strong is that the, this leader, the prime minister, he said, there's a statement that was written there. He said, you cannot have development without discipline. And he promoted a culture of discipline. Singapore used to have gangs and bad informal settlement. He dealt with them. He said, enough is enough. When it came to corruption, he was very strict and there were consequences. He said, we cannot have leaders who are corrupt. In fact, one of the stories said, this is how he approached corruption. He says, we can't just talk about corruption and needs to end. He dealt with it, not looking for the small fish. He dealt with the big fish first. If he heard that one of his government officials had gone on a holiday that was sponsored by a businessman or woman who was trying to get a government deal and favors, he would wait for you. And as soon as you return from your holiday in business class, he would get you very well, take you to business class in prison for everyone to see that we need to stop certain things. Saying enough is enough. We need something new. Singapore didn't jump out of third world to first world by chance. It was intentional. Listen, Uganda, we are not going to sneak into middle income status or into a first world. There must be things that must change. And one of them is culture. We need to embrace godly culture and not compromise. So what's our responsibility? That's what I want to talk about a little. As church, just a couple of things. Number one, you and I, as children of God, need to be the model of godly culture. We need to be the model. We live in a world where people are looking for models. They are looking for examples to follow. We are a very young nation here in Uganda. Who are the examples to follow? There are not very many. That's why today, the celebrity mentality and, and culture is big. Why? People are hungry for models. And some of these celebrities don't have godly values. And what they promote is wrong and negative. Why? People are hungry for examples. You know what? I'm not asking you to become a celebrity. I'm asking you to become a model of godly culture. Of this new culture so that people have something that they can see and touch. Because it's righteousness that exalts a nation. Sin is a reproach. 
We're looking for models. When Peter, Apostle Peter was writing to the children of Israel, they were in exile. Here's what he says in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9 to 12. It says, but you are a chosen people. Never forget that. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession with the church that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Amazing. So dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles, because they were in, in another land because of persecution, to abstain from sinful desires. These desires wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans. Be the model. Be the example. That though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Be such an example that when people try to accuse you, they can't find anything. Now, I know that we are in the world and we're not of the world and the pressure is high. When you try to be that example, there's going to be so much trying to pull you apart. The culture that has been acceptable around. Say, but this is Uganda. This is how we operate in this organization. Don't try to be different. That's what they're going to tell you. And it can be tough. But I encourage you. Keep going. It's not enough to be known as a Christian. We got to be exemplary. One time a pastor was sharing a story of how he'd finished church and he went home with his wife and they were preparing Sunday evening dinner that they had as family. And so the wife was making dinner in the kitchen and the pastor was relaxing and the kids were watching TV because kids love to watch TV. And they put on a Christian program, a music program, and they were watching Christian music. And I tell you, some of this music is a little bit different. My kids, our kids, Vanilla and I, our kids are into rap music these days. So they keep, so I asked them, do you understand and hear everything they're saying? Because I can't. They, they he says, yeah, and you see them uh, singing along, singing along. But anyway, so the kids were watching a, 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 this uh, Christian music video and the mom came and saw them and so went and called the dad. Say, come and see what your kids are watching. And when he got there, she muted. She turned off the volume. And the dad said, children, how can you be watching such videos? See how they are dancing. See how they are dressed. No, this is unacceptable. This is a pastor's home. We can't watch that, children. And then she unmuted and they were singing, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> the way they were behaving was different from what they were saying. That must stop. We mustn't just claim to be Christians. We need to be Christians by the way we live. <laughs> Representing 
kingdom culture. However hard it gets, here's a promise from God's word. Isaiah 43 says this, but now this is what the Lord is saying to you, believer, who's trying to be the model and it's tough in the world that you live in. This is what he says. This is what the Lord says, he who created you, uh, believer, Jacob, put your name there. He who formed you, Israel, do not fear for I have redeemed you. You are mine. I have summoned you by name. I've called you. I know you by name. You are mine. We are God's special possession. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Why? When you choose to be a model, God will choose to protect you in Jesus' name. He will be the model. Romans 12 says to us, do not be conformed to the patterns of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I'm calling you, my friends, to have a renewed mind and begin to embrace kingdom culture. That's the culture that will take us into the future. But secondly and finally, be the influence. Don't just model it and be quiet. No. Model it and encourage others to live it out as well. That's what God expects of us. And so I love the whole idea of how Jesus looks at us. The way Jesus thinks about you and I. And it's found in Matthew chapter 5. Listen to what Jesus thinks about you and I when it comes to culture transformation and a new culture. He says, you are the salt of the earth. He says, but if the salt loses its saltiness, if it stops being influential, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Listen, that shouldn't be you. That shouldn't be me. I am not going to lose my flavor as a believer. I am going to model it, but I'm also going to make sure I am the influence. And then he carries on and he says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. No more room for secret service Christians. We got to let it shine. And then he says, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bow. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone. It influences everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine. Let it shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Wow. Let your light shine. Be the influence. Listen, my friends. 
The only reason darkness exists is when there's an absence of light. Did you know you cannot switch on darkness? Jesus was very intentional. You never switch on darkness. The only thing you switch on is light. So when Jesus says, let your light shine, he's saying, come on, be the influence. Be the one that models and multiplies this culture. Because there's people living in darkness. Darkness does not have power. In fact, it takes power to switch on light. You have the power of the Most High God and He will enable you to be the influence. Amen. So as we begin this series, A New Culture, we are counting on you. God is counting on you. Uganda and the nations are counting on you, my friend, to be the model but more than being the model to be the influence. If we embrace this kingdom culture, we are going to behold the new that God has for us in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. We hope this encourages you to step into the new. Tune in next time as we delve into the Word of God. For comments and feedback or counseling, write to connect at watertochurch.com. 